is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Pucked up against the boards, comes in front of the net just wide. Now the shot, saved by Skinner! What a stop of the right pad, the opportunity in front of the net. Domi had a chance, and down the right wing, here's McDavid, across, score! The save at one end, the goal at the other. That made it 2-0 Edmonton late in the first period. It's the game winner for Matthias Janmark as the Oilers take down the Dallas Stars tonight 4-1. And it provides us with our save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Stuart Skinner and Vinny DeHarnay combining to keep that Dallas chance out of the net. Janmark scores twice. He has eight goals this season, four against Dallas. He got two on December 21st against the Dallas Stars, and he gets two more tonight as the Oilers bump up their record to 38-23-8. and eight. McDavid gets his 57th. Fogel gets his 12th. Skinner stops 25 out of 26. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, Rob, we, we wondered about this one. Late season game against Dallas. Very good team having a good season with some good veterans, some good young players, an excellent goaltender. Would the Oilers be up to the task? And I, I think a well-deserved victory for Edmonton tonight. Yeah, the Oilers were good. I, in all honesty, all these tests for the Oilers, I think teams playing the Oilers now, they're being tested against Edmonton. Edmonton, since Christmas, is one of the top teams in the league. Uh, I think there's always some worry amongst fans. And, and, and is this team for real? Is it a mirage? But they are for real. This is a good hockey club. I thought this was a good hockey game. I thought the Oilers came in, played well. They scored a goal early to get the lead. They killed off a penalty that turned into, I don't know if it ended up being a shorthanded goal or not, but it rate as the penalty expired. Well, they, have, they now have made it a shorthanded so goal. They, yeah. the, so they kill the penalty, get the shorthanded goal, and then they're making a team that likes to play team defense, Dallas, they're making them chase. And Dallas isn't, uh, that's not the way they're, they're built. So... Uh, the Oilers came in with a game plan. I thought their star players were very good. Their role players contributed. Uh, defensively, they did not make the big mistakes. And when there were the odd opportunity for the Dallas Stars, Stuart Skinner was excellent. Edmonton is good. Edmonton is for real. And tonight, they just showed uh, showed it again against a Dallas team that has been very good as of late and very, very good on the road. Dallas is a good team as well. So this is the two teams that may see each other eventually in the playoffs. 4-1, the Oilers take it tonight. Stuart Skinner, the first star. McDavid, the second star. Evan Bouchard, the third star tonight. Well, pretty easy to give the fourth star to Matias Yanmark because he scored twice for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. Yanmark also got the empty netter that put away. Early pull by Dallas. Uh, 4.05 left in the game. They decided to go for the pull. Face off. They have the puck in the offensive zone. They've got their best players out and rested. You're down two goals. Uh, it was the right call. Uh, they had a couple looks. But eventually, after <laughs> Bukestad missed the wide open net well, going off the post, I bet you 
Those, that's one of those ones that uh, the next day in practice, you'll have five or six guys going up and doing the same thing on purpose just to say, oh, yeah, that is a tough one. Those empty netters off the post, but uh, it, it didn't come back to haunt the Oilers. Uh, he can giggle about it, but I can guarantee you he's not happy about it. Uh, Janmark made no mistake from about 50 feet further out. Well, it was interesting because Bukestad got across center and had an angle, and I thought he was going to shoot right away. And then when he got over the blue line, I thought he was going to yeah. shoot. And then he waited and hit the outside of the post. And then Janmark didn't wait. No. He just was like, oh. I'm going to shoot it as hard as I can in the general direction of the net. So well, most players in. don't don't wait. I mean, yeah. there are some like Connor, because you know no one can catch you. There's some like Leon that you know no one can knock you off the puck. But the rest of us mere mortals, if you've got an open net, you're shooting as quick as possible just so that you don't have it bounce off your stick, someone catch you, or in Bukestad's case, put one off the post. So it was... Uh, uh, but again, Bukestad, I thought he was good. I thought Yamark was good. Shore played well, right? I mean, this was a, a good team effort, top from bottom and another strong performance in net from Stuart Skinner. Well, yeah, and I mean, Skinner's the guy. We, he's, uh, what does he know? He started 10 of the last 12, and he's played in 11 of the last 12 because Campbell got pulled in Columbus. So Skinner's record up to 21-14-4 and four on the season. He's This was his 41st appearance tonight. So he's obviously going to appear in more mm -hmm. than half, and at the start of the season, you might have said, well, maybe, you know, maybe Skinner will get to 30, maybe 33. If he, if he plays a lot, but, I mean, he's the guy right now. And, and most nights, he looks like he's fine being the guy. Well, in all honesty, on a team that has the MVP in, in Connor, that has the, the second-leading score in the National Hockey League in Leon, uh, and a number of players having career years, if the Edmonton Oilers uh, win a division, win a conference, their most important player for this team has been Stuart Skinner because the... Campbell came in to be their starter and has not had the season he, he he wanted or their team expected. Skinner was, I mean, still relatively unknown, uh, not tested. Yeah. If he, well, if around he, the league, I mean, I've done radio hits yeah. in other cities where the host has said, okay, who, who is Stewart Skinner? How long? I mean, so here in Edmonton, we, we've known him since he was drafted. but So yeah. it, on a team that all of these stars, their starting goaltender has had a really, really off season yet they have a chance to win the conference. And that's because they have a backup goaltender that has come in and had an unbelievable season for them. I mean, the kid went to the All-Star game. So, yes, this is... Uh, Stuart Skinner has been the mini-MVP of this team because he's given them quality starts in probably 95% of the games he started. Yeah, and, and his even his off nights, he's often still... I mean, I know he's been pulled a couple of times, but he, even his off nights have usually been good enough to at least keep the team in the game. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I, what, one or two bad games on the season? You, you'd be, yeah, I would, I'd even struggling to think of one off the top. And so of would I, head. so like, I'm just throwing that out there because he probably he got, did. He pulled in L.A. That was a couple months ago. So, yeah, I mean, this is a team that is, is competing for a division and conference title, and you can thank Stuart Skinner for the season he's given them, so... Uh, I know that Bob and Mooner at the end of the game, or at the end of the game, yeah, talked about. Bob said to Mooner, "Who would you start on on Saturday against Seattle?" To me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's Stuart Skinner. He gives them their best chance to win. All right. So the Oilers win at 4-1 over the Dallas Stars. We'll get post-game reaction from uh, head coach Jay Woodcroft and a couple players out of the dressing room as we move along tonight. We'll also, we're also uh, happy to hear from you on the Certainty Hotline 7804960063. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty 
pro all the way. So speaking of Yanmark, so he gets two goals tonight. I mean, he doesn't score a ton. He's got eight on the season. Uh, but he played 15-28 tonight. He's, he's plus two. Actually scored on both his shots, which was nice. And he's, he's usually in there, right? And, and I mean, he usually gets into that sort of 13 to 16 minutes of ice time. He's, he's certainly not flashy, but how come he keeps well, getting that consistent look? Because he, he's safe. Uh, coaching, coaches look down their bench and they look, okay, who, do I, who can I put out there and feel comfortable with? And Yangmark's one of those guys because he, he makes simple plays. He gets pucks in, he gets pucks out. He's on the proper side defensively in the neutral zone. Uh, he, he doesn't, I mean, if there's a back check, he, he's, he's back. He doesn't uh, hope or anticipate the puck's going to bounce over when someone's sick. He, he plays the game the proper way. So he's not going to be a guy that's going to score 25, 30 goals for you. But he's going to be a plus player. And he's going to give you quality minutes. So... Uh, when the Oilers have a lead, he's a guy that Jay Woodcroft looks down his bench and says, okay, I'm going to put Yanmark out. Face off in my end, I'll have Yanmark out. Shorthanded, I'm going to have Yanmark out. He's just a, a guy that a coach can fall in love with because you know you're always going to get a positive result. And speaking of plus minus, and, and yes, I know the stat has dipped in sort of popularity and relevance over the years, which, which I understand. It's not the be-all and end-all. Um, but when you're plus 13 in eight games since you were traded to the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers, you might be doing something well. That is now the situation for Matthias Ekholm, who is plus three tonight in 22-39 of ice time. Well, plus minus, if they if they corrected a few of the things to do, if they took out the empty net goals, if they took out the the shorthanded ones, and they just made five on five plays, it is it is a, uh, something that is worth looking at. Uh, usually, a plus minus tells you what you already know. And what you know about Ekholm, he has been fantastic since he's come to the Edmonton Oilers. His plus minus just tells you that. All right, we will get you a quick uh, newscast here. Obviously, a, a really tough day here in Edmonton. So we'll get the latest on the uh, on the murders of Constable Travis Jordan and Constable Brett Ryan. And then more on this Oilers 4-1 victory over the Dallas Stars. We are live at Studio 99. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 Jet. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. For dry saddle right side, back out to McDavid. The shot scores! Connor McDavid! Power play goal! And the Oilers are up 3-1. And they go on to beat Dallas. 4-1, Dallas finally got on the board with 10-11 left in the third period, but then they took a penalty, so just a minute 29 later, McDavid scores his 57th from Dreisaitl, and Bouchard, McDavid with a couple more points tonight, and Rob, good passing play as we often see between Dreisaitl and McDavid, and he had such a look at that one. As soon as he got the puck, I'm thinking, where is he going to put it? I mean, what's <laughs> he had, I mean... Not a lot of time, but in the NHL, it was certainly enough time for a player of that caliber to pick a spot. Well, yeah, and this is what the Oilers do so well with their movement amongst their players. Uh, they had Leon with the puck, so he's got a, a, def a defender fronting him. Bouchard's at the back. He's got a defender fronting him. Nugent Hopkins went back door, and he took the far forward with him, and the, the other, def the other defenseman is in front of the net. So when Connor jumped behind the high forward and Leon found him. There was nobody to defend him. 
And if, if I'm the Dallas Stars, I'm going to say, okay, if you're going to leave someone open, let's not leave 97 open. Let's find someone else, okay? I don't care who you, who you leave open, but do not leave that guy in. Connor, he's skating, and, and the goaltending must be saying, you know, what am I going to do here? Because if you come out too far, take too much of an angle, Connor's just going to come in and walk around you. Uh, it was almost like he took a little bit of Ryan Nugent Hopkins in that shot. That's where the Nuge always puts it. But Connor McDavid, we saw at the All-Star game, if you give him time to hit targets and hit a spot, he's going to do it eight in a row. And on this one, that was the ninth in a row for him as he made an absolute beautiful shot. Uh, and that was huge. That whole play, though, there was a, a mistake made by the Dallas Stars. Uh, who's the kid? Number 25, Kivaranta, had the puck in the far corner. The Oilers had iced the puck. Puck went into the Oilers' zone for a face-off. Dallas wins it. They get a shot on net, and it was actually pretty good. And then it went into the far corner, and Dallas had control of the puck. That player's got to stand in the corner and wait to be hit and hold on to it as long as you can. Instead, he tried throwing the puck across the ice to his defenseman, Heiskanen, missed him. Now it's a foot race. Connor and Heiskanen racing for it. Connor wins it. They get one grade-A chance by Evander Kane, but what they also did was they tired out the defenders because they had to race all the way back against Connor. So now you're on a penalty kill. You have four tired guys out there when you should have just hung on to the puck in the offensive zone, and eventually they're too tired to take the right player. Connor McDavid makes him pay, and that was the end of the hockey game. McDavid and the Oilers fill in the net for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Four goals tonight, so that's a $400 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. So McDavid, Rob, up to 131 points on the season. He becomes the fourth Oilers player ever get to ever get to 130 points in a season though it's happened now 13 times. Gretzky did it nine times. He's pretty good. I remember him. Uh, Curry did it twice. Curry had a 131-point season and a 135, and Coffey had a 138. So McDavid now at 131, and I mentioned this to, to Jack a few d uh, days ago when we were chatting on the Faceoff show. Of course, chasing 150, getting there is significant for McDavid. But 139 to me is going to be a plateau as well because if and when he gets to 139 points, then the only order to have more points in a season is Wayne Gretzky. Like, like he's, he's very, I mean, gets two points almost every game. So, I mean, he's going to have the best non-Gretzky season in Oilers history, which I think is worth noting. Well, yeah, it certainly is. I think there's going to be a lot of these things we're going to be talking about. He's got the most this now. He's got the most this. He broke this record. He broke that record. Uh, he just doesn't want to be a great player. He wants to be the best ever. And you can see it in the game. You can see it in the way he trains. You can see it in his work ethic. Uh, on games that you don't notice him as much as you normally do, he has two points. That's how good he is. Um, so he, to me, 150 is certainly in reach. 160. I wouldn't count him out. Um, uh, he's, he's just having a magical year, and you just hope that this magical year results in more than just a good regular season for the Edmonton Oilers. And I think the way he's playing right now is just a, a continuation of how he's done every year in the National Hockey League. He's always better in the last half of the season, and we're seeing that again this year. 
The Oilers beat Dallas 4-1, so Dallas's record drops to 37-19 and 13. Edmonton 38-23 and 8. Let's check around the NHL here because some uh, interesting results tonight and a couple important games still going on presented by Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. We got it on the big screen here in Studio 99. Calgary, they need wins. Uh, they need a lot of them. They lead Vegas 4-2 with 10:09 left in the third. Yeah, an interesting one. M Michael Backlund just scored from standing against the boards. He threw it from behind the net off the goalie's head and in. This is interesting for two reasons. The Winnipeg Jets have been awful. Calgary has life in the playoff race because of the Winnipeg Jets. They must win this hockey game. And I know a lot of people are saying the Oilers are having a tough time to catch Vegas for first in the division. I think LA Kings are the team that you want to catch for first in the division. I think the Oilers and LA both can catch the Vegas Golden Knights. They are a beat-up team right now that has a tough schedule to finish with, and right now they're losing on home ice to Calgary. And Nashville's still a factor, like you said before the game, which doesn't make a lot of sense. And it, it doesn't, but I, I just I just happened to go on and look at Winnipeg's schedule. I believe it's Saturday, Winnipeg and Nashville play. I mean, I know that the Oilers in Seattle's a big game, the Winnipeg-Nashville game as well. Halfway through the third, Coyotes lead the Canucks 3-1. Los Angeles uh, cruising tonight. They're up 4-0 on the Blue Jackets after two periods. Kopitar has his 26th of the season, so it looks like L.A. will... Well, if, if these results hold, I mean, L.A. should beat Columbus. And if Calgary hangs on against Vegas... One point difference. Then it's going to be a one point uh, difference. To me, to me, the two best teams in the division are L.A. and Edmonton. And I think they're going to finish 1-2 in the standings. Kraken and Sharks are scoreless after two. Avalanche beat the Senators 5-4. Uh, so that goal that made it 5-2 late in the second period turned out to be the winner. <laughs> if you were listening to us before the game, we wrapped up the faceoff show talking about this weird play where Sogard put the puck under his blocker. It bounced off the back. Was it off the backboards? This is even more interesting. It was iced, which was even more interesting. It was iced, and the ref and, never and called and it Ottawa icing. Ottawa kind of thought, okay, the play must be over, and he, he lifted his blocker off the puck, and Elder shot it in. So that turned out to be the game winner. Avalanche 5-4. The Panthers were up 7-3 after the first period and then hung on to beat the Canadians 9-5. <laughs> Not often do you give up five and still win okay. by four. Uh, Rangers beat the Penguins 4-2. Lightning over the Devils 4-3 in a shootout. Boston shuts out the Jets 3-0 as Rob was telling you about the Jets' struggles. Chicago wins 2-1 at Nashville. So Chicago beats Boston, the best team in the league, and then a team desperate for points. They, they beat 2-1. Uh, Chicago has had some big wins against teams that you wouldn't expect, and this is after they sold off their best player in Patrick Kane. Shows you that anyone on any given night can win a hockey game. You need a couple bounces and a couple big saves. And Oilers beat the Dallas Stars right here at Rogers Place. It is, talking about L.A. is interesting. I mean, that's, I mean, there are a lot of, I mean, Dallas is a possible first-round opponent yep. for Emerson, but L.A. is certainly quite realistic as well. I, I, I mean, I know L.A., they finish, but, you know, yep. it's, nope, it's still, it's still sure. possible. And, of course, what Boston has done and is doing is epic. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's literally one of the best regular seasons in the history of the game. Uh, and so when that happens, players on those teams and coaches on those teams get awards. But, I mean, coach of the year, like, do you not have to take a long look at McClellan? Or is it, is it going to be just automatic? Will you give it to the guy who might have 65 wins by the end of the year? Well, when you look at it, there's a possibility. I know the Oilers are pushing for the Western Conference title. There's a strong possibility that L.A. could win that as well. 
as they've got the five like for regular season. for the regular yeah. season. So they got a five-point spread on the Oilers coming into tonight's game, and LA's going to win in their so game too. They'll be up too. by five again. Yeah, so they're going to be up by five. Uh, they're good. And we all thought Boston was going to be this year. I don't think nobody thought they're going to set records, but everyone thought they were going to be good. They've got a good team, and they're deep. The LA Kings, uh, I, I thought they'd be a playoff team. I didn't think they'd have a chance to win the Western Conference. But as the moves that they've made, we saw how well they played against the others, and what a great series that was last year. Since then, they've added Arvidsson, who was injured in that series, Drew Doughty, their best defenseman, uh, Kevin Fiala, an incredibly fast, very productive player. Now the biggest one is they got Corpusalo yeah. in net. They've got a legitimate goalie. L.A. all year long, up until the trade deadline, could score, and they were having a good season, but they weren't getting saves. They got a goalie and give you saves. To me, that is the toughest opponent the Oilers will face in the Pacific Division. Uh, that's one you hope to see in the second round, not the first round. And I do believe that the LA Kings are going to pass Vegas. It's just a matter as if can the Oilers pass Vegas as well. Yeah, and uh, you know the Oilers. The questions we always get: Well, can they can they defend goals against? I mean, LA's Edmonton's allowed 231 goals. LA's allowed 223. Edmonton's plus 37. LA's only plus 10. So I mean, they they're they're 19 games. They're going to be 20 games over 500 with. Not much of a plus, no, but it, wait, so it's, it is amazing what they've been able to do. It, it certainly is, especially because they weren't getting saves. But to me, you look at Edmonton and L.A. since Christmas, or Edmonton and L.A. since January 1st. They've been two and, and elite hockey. Yes, and those, yeah. are, and that's, this is the teams that you're going to see in the playoffs. Edmonton and L.A. are both very, very good hockey clubs. And uh, I believe either team has wants to, or if either team is going to go on to the conference finals or to the Stanley Cup championship, they're going to have to go through each other. They are the two elite teams, and you throw in the Colorado Avalanche, they're the three best teams in the Western Conference. You think, uh, you think uh, I mean, Dallas is still pretty Dallas good. Dallas is good. And Minnesota's not, this is the fun part, the, right? The, because Minnesota's good too. Minnesota is all going to be dependent if uh, Kaprizov gets healthy for the playoffs because they don't have goal scoring. He is their goal scoring, and he's out right now. Yet they continue to win low scoring hockey games. But to me, there, any of those teams can win. I just believe the top three teams in the Western Conference are Colorado, who's playing fantastic right now, and they're going to get a, a boatload of players coming back, good players coming back for the playoffs. They're going to get Eric Johnson. They're going to get Manson on. So those two defensemen, top five defensemen, they're going to get their captain Landeskog back, and they're going to get uh, 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 Lokanen back as well. So they're going to get five good hockey players back for the playoffs, and they continue to win without those players. So uh, Western Conference is wide open, but there's some very good teams in the Western Conference. Oilers win 4-1 over Dallas. We really appreciate you joining us tonight and, and talking some hockey. A, a really sad day here in Edmonton. Um, Constable Travis Jordan, Constable Brett Ryan were shot and killed uh, around 1 a.m. And a ceremony, uh, a moment of silence before the game, and, and the Oilers uh, coaches had the EPS ribbons. The Oilers players had the ribbons and sticker form on on their helmets Nugent Hopkins and Jay Woodcroft both spoke about this b before the game I got a message from a listener this afternoon saying that he uh, he knew Constable Ryan was a fa was in fact a hockey referee with him and they were gonna do a u18 double play uh, double a playoff game on on Saturday um, I was reading about Constable Jordan he uh, there was that story a few years ago that he, he, uh, they got called the snow angel. He 
pulled over a woman who hadn't taken all the snow off her car instead of giving her a ticket. He wiped it off for her and just, you know, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's a really sad day. We, we know that uh, a, a hockey game and winning a hockey game for the Wales pales in comparison to what, uh, what, what the community is going through. I, I do believe one, one of the great things about sports is that it gives you a sense of community. And mm -hmm. I think, you, you know, with the, the game today, at least we were able to sort of feel that community and share a lot of this grief together. Yeah, it takes your mind off the sadness, if just for a couple hours. A horrible day. I got a lot of buddies that are cops. And I reached out to a lot of them today. And uh, they, they feel for their brotherhood. And they feel for the families that are dealing with what they're dealing with. Uh, being a police officer is not an easy job. And... Uh, you feel for these young men that lost their lives and you certainly feel for their families that have been left behind. Uh, a very, very sad day. So uh, thoughts and prayers to their families and, and uh, all the, the people out there right now that are keeping us safe on uh, each and every day. Yeah. Okay, Matthias Janmark scores twice. The Oilers beat the Dallas Stars 4-1. You can give us a ring at 780-496-0063. You're going to hear from uh, head coach Jay Woodcroft in a few minutes. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Ace in after it on the right wing. He goes in behind the net. Hints with it. He gets dumped down by CeCe. Nurse through the middle to dry side. Is that our crunch, Kellen? All right. That's our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Hey, you know what I'm going to throw out there, too? If the Oilers somehow can come back and win their division, you know who they could possibly play in the first round. Well, could still play Calgary. Calgary Flames. Yeah. Yeah. We're up 6-2 right now in Vegas. Still a lot to be decided. Yeah, Calgary's going to win this one. Oilers win 4-1 over Dallas. He's at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Head coach Jay Woodcroft. A playoff-style game as far as being patient and, and not trying to force things a little ping-pongy in the first period, and then you really seem to take the, the period over in the last eight or nine minutes. Yeah. Um, they're a good hockey team. They do a lot of really good things. They're a playoff-style team. Uh, I don't think they give much away for free. Uh, you got to earn every square inch of the ice with the Dallas Stars, and um, I thought we were patient, and we showed a level of endurance. So there was some patience and some endurance to that game, and in the end, um, we did more good things than not and found a way to with walk out of here with two points. You, you talked about the one thing you want from your team is just to not give away or, or make that one big error and really didn't do that tonight. There wasn't a can't recall one that really stood out. I'm sure maybe as a coach you might be a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, there's a few plays here and there. We're not perfect, but I thought when, when called upon, Stuart Skinner was excellent. Um... Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was a type of game we needed. Um, you know, I thought our energy level was good. I thought our details were pretty good. Um, and we found a way to beat a really good hockey team. So it's a credit to our players. Matthias Janmark was kind of hard on himself. He said he kind of didn't feel like he played great tonight, but he ended up with a couple of goals. Yeah. Your thoughts on if you agree with his assessment of his play, but what it's like to get goals from that part of the lineup? Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's, you know, it speaks to the type of team that we're trying to become. You know, I don't know, what is he at now, eight? Yeah, so he's two away from double digits. 
it'll be another double-digit score for for us. I think that's um, when you can have that depth uh, on offense. I think it makes uh, for a, a tough matchup for other teams. I felt safe with him on the ice tonight. I thought he did some good things. I thought Bukes had played well too, and. Um, you know, for Yanmark, uh, you know, he was he played important minutes on the penalty kill. That's a red-hot power play. Um, that team we just played, I think, in the previous nine games was averaging five goals for a game. Uh, and we won 4-1. To me, it just sticks with that template that we keep talking about here. I think we're 20 wins now, two losses, and three shootout or overtime losses since Christmas when we give up three or less. Yanmark, I, I imagine there were some tough conversations with him earlier. Signed to be here and ended up having to start in the American League. Seems like he kind of bided his time, but maybe just a, an example of a guy that needed to chew on it a bit but stick with it. Yeah. You know, he came in in a difficult situation in that there was, you know, four players at a certain price point for three spots on the team. Um, and that had nothing to do with his what he could contribute or what type of player he was. There were salary cap implications. If you remember the opening night lineup, we dressed 11 and 6 this year. So uh, that meant one really good hockey player was going to lose the battle in training camp. I don't think, uh, and I think if you would ask Matthias, I don't think training camp went according to his plan, um, but he didn't whine, he didn't sulk, he didn't uh, look for easy excuses. He went down and worked at his game, and when he came back up, he got put into a position to succeed, and he's done really well. Uh, that's a credit to him. Um, you know, not all players respond that way, but I mean, if you look at his history as a, a player in the National Hockey League, he is a very usable and useful player on some really good hockey teams. Um, you know, I think he knows how to play the game. He excels in subtlety, um, you know, small plays that are required to win. And, um, you know, credit to him because it didn't go the way he wanted, but you know, he's on the ice at the end of a game here tonight and found a way to get an important empty net goal. Uh, just, you know, you're up 2 nothing. You're, you're closing things out and, you you know, you want to play that playoff-style defense again. When you're listening to players on the bench, are you hearing that? Has that become a, more of a focus now than maybe it was a, a couple of months ago? Well, you know, I think we're blessed with good, conscientious hockey players and good people. Um, you know, they get to the point now in the season where... It's almost like coaches take a step back and and the players, you give them the plan and you want to make sure to hold people accountable and everything like that, but it's the player, we're getting to the player's time of year here. Uh, so that lots of really good chatter on the bench. I thought there was a segment in the first five minutes of the second period where we turned some pucks over. Um, you know, and they came off the kind of 85-foot sauce pass from one side of the rink to the other side instead of playing north and direct uh, and uncomplicated. Uh, and it meant some time in our zone, but I thought our players did a good job of not policing themselves, but getting themselves back on track. And that, that stems from saying the right stuff on the bench and then going out and embodying it. Uh, Skinner's playing a lot, playing well. To what extent do you kind of have to manage his minutes and his miles in, in, you know, to avoid fatigue or whatever? Is that not a thing? He's a pretty solidly built guy. Yeah, he didn't he play a great game tonight? 
I thought he played great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not that he was overly taxed, but when called upon, he made huge saves against some really skilled shooters. Um, you know what I think? I don't think we've overused either goaltender this year. I think, um, you know, it's fairly even on the split. And for Stewart especially, the month of January, he didn't play a whole heck of a lot. And coming out of the break, it's not like he played a whole heck of a lot. Um, so he's young and rested. Jay, you've talked lots about creating competition internally. Uh, when Hyman's back, you seem to have your, your five guys at your top six. There's that one spot, and there's Yamamoto, and Warren Fogle's really pushing yeah. that spot right now. What do you like about Fogle and and specifically with Drysdale Nugent Hopkins is that's where you keep yeah I like how hard he's playing he's playing really really hard um talk about a guy you know Ryan was talking about Janmark and how it didn't all go his way at the start of the year um after you know you know it didn't go Warren's way at the start of the year I think he scored his first goal in game 12 or 13 whatever the Tampa Bay game was um he started to come on and then he got hurt and coming off that injury, it's hard to get back up and running again when the league has gotten better. Um, you know, and so there were some tough moments uh, with not playing for a little bit. He's a professional guy. He worked at his game, and, and uh, he's played really well. And he's finding offense, but it comes from his skating, is from his hard work. What did you think of the knee from Robertson on Connor? Yeah, I I just saw it live. I didn't even get to see it in between periods just because we were um, worried about uh, going through uh, some other things. But uh, live, I don't think Robertson is necessarily a dirty player that was hunting Connor's leg, but I thought it was a dangerous play live. I'd have to look at it again. But I don't think he's that type of guy that, that hunts people's knees or anything like that. Thank you. Jay, it was uh, Philip Broberg's first game back in a little while, and I think you used him exclusively on right defense. I, maybe there's a shift here and there on left. Yep. What did you see from him? Um, was putting him on right defense kind of a way to kind of give him a little bit of a trial for yourself? And yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's not easy to be quote-unquote the seventh D-man either, uh, coming in and not playing a regular shift right out of the gate. Um, but I thought he did a really good job. He, uh, I like the way Philip plays. And um, he's a different dimension than some of the other people that we have back there. He's got great legs and he skates himself out of trouble. And the uh, Eckblad, or Eck, uh, home rather, Bouchard pair played about three minutes more than the nurse and CDC. Was that by design? How, what went into that tonight? Yeah, I think they're playing well. And would Eckholm finish plus three um, again? So he's. The way we work is people who are in the ice time get it. Yes, with that in mind, and sort of a follow-up to Gregor's question, it looks like Hyman is nearing a return, obviously. I assume Warren Fogle's done plenty to at least give the coaching room pause for whether he should stay up on a line like he's been playing with McDavid, for example. Yeah, and you know what? Until Hyman is a 100% complete go, we'll make that decision at that point. But... Um, you know, we think we can come at team in waves, so it's not we're just a two-line team, and if you're not on the two lines, you're not in a scoring role. Like, we got good players, and we can move them around the chessboard, but, you know, I couldn't be happier for Warren 
that he's seeing some results for his hard work. And, um, you know, I think he's making us a dangerous group up front, so I'm happy for him. Jay, Ryan McLeod didn't skate this morning. Um, are you expecting him not to go on the road trip? And do you have any timeline as he day-to-day, week? Yeah, you know what? He is upper body, and, um, you know, I don't expect him to go on the road trip. Okay, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 4-1 win over the Dallas Stars. Two goals for Matthias Yenmark. You're going to hear from him as well. You're welcome to chime in at 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. In front of the net, Nugent Hopkins in front to Fogel scores! Warren Fogel! Right at the side of the goal, makes it 1-0 Edmonton. That's the one that got it started. Fogel's 12th from Nugent Hopkins and Bouchard. Oilers beat the Dallas Stars 4-1 tonight. Whenever the Oilers get to five in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to go to the website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. The Flames win 7-2 in Vegas San Jose leads Seattle one nothing with 13 and a half minutes left. Yeah, the Seattle game, uh, they're down one nothing. A penalty shot is the only goal scored in that game for the San Jose Sharks. And the Calgary Flames in their playoff push pull within three points of the Winnipeg Jets. I believe both teams have 13 games remaining, something along that line. Yes. So, yeah, so Calgary, huge win in Vegas. Uh, Winnipeg, they have been stumbling now for a while. 780-496-0063. We have John on the line. Hi, John. Thanks for calling. Hey, Reed. Um, hey, Rob. Uh, I want to say that uh, uh, Jonas Corpusello, that's a guy Kenny should have went after at the deadline. Um, Jack Campbell does not remind me of a number one of a goalie who hits his stride later on in his career, like Dwayne Rolson or something like that. He scares the living stuff out of me. And uh, I, th- I think if we go up against L.A., I think Corpusello could be the difference in, in us lo- losing the series. Um, and my other question is, uh, Reed, has Phoenix got the okay to go ahead on the, the, the downtown arena deal? Are they still, like, arguing uh, that the town ca- or the city, you know, is the city still arguing back and forth? Like, oh, we, we don't want to pay for that tax chairs. don't want to pay for it and all that. I, I, yeah, I, like- I don't think anything's been approved that I can remember. I can quickly look it up. Uh, okay, something was approved in November, but they're in, they're in this other place for several years, right? Uh, at least five, I thought it yeah. was. So, well, they haven't even started, so They've they're a long way off. They approved a proposal for the last is the last thing I'm seeing from so, yes. months ago. As for goaltender, the others weren't going to pick up a goaltender. They've got Stuart Skinner's, uh, and they got Campbell. Campbell's at five years at five million. They weren't going to pick up a goaltender at the deadline. They weren't going to go after Corpusolo. If Campbell's not their guy for the playoffs, they feel fully confident that Stuart Skinner is. I do certainly agree that Corpusolo makes the L.A. Kings better. Much, much better. Uh, they were not getting saves all year long. He is a good goaltender, but there was zero chance that the Oilers were going to go after him or any other goalie at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you were tr- to, to get a goalie, you would have had to trade Campbell. And, and that, that wasn't happening. No, not at five years at $5 million. Yeah. All right, we also have uh, Jeff on the line. Jeff, thanks a lot for coming. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Just 
just uh, driving down the QE2 here. Uh, great show. Always enjoy it. Don't get to too many games, but um, I was at the game tonight and just seeing, I mean, Connor, Connor's Connor. I just enjoyed Dreisaitl's game tonight. I recall his stat line. I think he might have had one assist, but he just, he had himself in great places on the ice tonight. Uh, took a cross check from, I think it was Skinner. And just gave him a nasty, I don't know if it was a two-hander, but he got him good, no penalty. And I just really enjoyed his game tonight. Well, yeah, Dreisaitl usually, usually plays well for sure. Um, he, was, uh, he, he was very good, and obviously, as we know, he, he takes it, but he, he'll give it out. Or give it back. Oh, he, he, has, he has no hesitation doing no, that. No, and usually he initiates. He's not a guy that has to retaliate. Uh, he is a physical force out there. Uh, he was good. Uh, everyone on the team tonight. This was a strong team effort tonight by the Edmonton Oilers from top to bottom. And when to beat a team like Dallas, you have to be strong throughout your lineup, and they certainly were. All right, we'll get to more phone calls in a second here. Let's go back down to the uh, Oilers dressing room. Two goals for this guy, Matthias Janmark. Hard not to notice that uh, you, you seem to love playing against your old team. You had quite a bit of success here this year. Maybe so chalk yeah. that up to Yeah, first of all, I'd just like to send my condolences to those police officers and, and those families. That's tragic. And uh, just the whole police corps and, and thank them for what they do. And uh, absolutely horrible what happened. And back to hockey, yeah, like it's fun playing your old team. And I mean, you put a lot of, a lot of effort in in those years in those clubs and then you kind of go somewhere else and, and you kind of circle in those games on your calendar and I thought my game today was pretty average to be honest but found the net two times so I mean that's just the way it goes and I'm, I'm thankful for, for scoring two today so for sure. really on you get four goals? <laughs> I don't know it's just the way it goes sometimes you, that's through those stretches where you don't score or you play good you kind of just have to work through it and then days like today you, you kind of get two freebies so uh, I'm glad I got them today. What didn't you like about your game? Uh, just in general, like not, nothing bad, but just didn't really get going. I felt like I felt like I played a lot of better games uh, lately, uh, but that's the way it goes. Your depth players and yourself included here, like you're doing a ton of work on the penalty kill. You got the third and fourth line chipping in for goals. Um, that seems to really be coming to the forefront right now for this team. How good does that feel as part of that group? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's always easier when when you kind of get score a little as, as a depth player uh, you kind of trust your own game a little bit more and, and you, you you play better uh, when you score uh, but we also got to go through those stretches where we don't score and we still got to bring the work because we know we have those top players that are going to get it done for us so so we can't be out there and hurting ourselves but anytime we can step up and score goals that's huge when you were getting ready to sign with the Oilers did you envision yourself on the other end of one of those Connor McDavid feeds and tap it in I mean yeah like I would lie if I uh, if he wasn't a part of why you sign here I think like he's the the like when players get a, get an offer hurt from here like that's the first thing you kind of kind of think about so for sure but uh, I mean I knew uh, hopefully you get one or two, uh, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's just a great player, and when you come on a two-on-one like that, you just 
kind of look at what he does and then you try to get open. So you always figured he was looking for you? No, not, not at all. Goals, not at all. But, but uh, if I come on a 2 on one with him, uh, it's great if he has the puck. I'll just be be on the other side and if he finds me, I'm, I'm going to try to get open, but he's going to make a play no matter what. You've played in some important playoff games, and generally it's a defensive game like this that wins when it counts. Uh, have you seen your team play a more complete game in all three zones defensively? I thought today was for sure uh, a good one of that. Uh, just like like you said, like the games in the playoffs is kind of like this. You get that first goal, you try to you, you kill a few penalties. That was big. You get that second goal. They have a two goal lead going into the third. You don't want to give that that one up. But after that, we gotta go in their zone, draw a penalty right away, score on that power play. I think it was, and then you're up two again, and, and kind of never look back from there. So that's the game we gotta gotta build down the stretch here and be comfortable in uh, become playoff time. What did you think of the knee on Connor? Yeah, uh, obviously anytime he goes down like you don't like it. Uh, I don't think it was a malicious intent from from Robertson, but uh, I mean, yeah, like anytime uh, he goes down, you, you, you're, you're not liking it, so. All right, that is Matthias Yanmark. Two goals for uh, him tonight, but uh, he wants the quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. He wants to play a little better. Thought he didn't... Uh, Really get it going tonight, <laughs> but uh, good for him getting a couple goals. It, it is, and it's funny. There are games that you could feel at the end of the night. You know, I had a really good game, and the stat line says you had no points, you're minus one. Right. And there's games where, you know what, nothing went right for you. Like, you, you turned the puck over, you missed a check, missed a back check, and all of a sudden you had two good breaks and you scored two goals. So the stats don't always tell the truth. Players are pretty honest to, with themselves about how they played. But I can tell you from experience, the games that I played really well in and I was minus two, I preferred the ones where I was terrible and somehow found a goal or two. So players really appreciate when things turn out well. And I love the fact when he, he said, when Connor had the puck, I'm just going to the net. 100% he's hoping that puck's coming over. And the one thing you want to make sure you do is you, when you get it, you put it in the back of the net because the next time Connor goes down, he said, well, yeah, Mark scored last time I gave it to him. Right. I'm going to throw it again. <laughs> but if you miss, and McDavid's like, yeah, not a chance, kid. I'm shooting this one. All right, Oilers win 4-1 over Dallas. We have Big Bad Joe on the Certainty Hotline. Joe, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys, good show. Well, on the circumstances, uh, I like to say, for the foremost, I will send my players and the best wishes to the family from the, and the Edmonton police for the terrible thing that happened uh, this morning. Going to the game, uh, not a bit emotional, but going to the game, I will say, what I noticed with Bouchard is, is it looks like a different player ever since uh, Eggholm came. And what you see uh, Bouchard do now is he's using his body more. He's, you know, he finished the checks. And, I mean, <clears throat> they play like they play tonight. They play the defensive style of hockey. You know what? They're going to bring the curve home. I keep on saying that. Uh, and that's it, you guys. Well, thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Well, and, and uh, Woody was asked, I mean, Bouchard played 21-20. Ekholm played, what was he up to again? 22-39. CeCe played 18-03, and Nurse played 18-47. So that, yeah, the Ekholm and Bouchard, now Bouchard got five minutes on the power play. But And, and um, Ekholm, he gets a lot of the penalty killing time, but they've played well. Ekholm has been excellent since he's come to the Edmonton Oilers. And if you're the defensive coach, 
uh, Dave Manson back there, you're like, okay, they're putting those guys up. I feel really good having Ekholm and his partner Bouchard out there right now, and they just keep finding the ice. And Bouchard has been better since he's been played with, uh, with, with Ekholm. He, he plays with more confidence. And if there is a mistake, the thing is when you're a young player and you make a mistake, if the opposition scores on that mistake, it affects you more than if you make a mistake and someone covers it up. Right. And I think any mistake that's made by Bouchard, now Ekholm's covering it up. And all of a sudden, you have more confidence because it's not big and glaring. And Bouchard has been much better. And when the puck's on his stick, he does make good plays. The pass that he made that eventually ended up being the Fogel goal, that was a wonderful pass that he yeah. made to Ryan Nugent And that's more what he was doing last year. Yes. We expected more of this year. 7-D tonight because both Hyman and McLeod we're out. Brober got up to 902. Day, I thought Dayorne had a good game. Actually, he played. He played 12-22. He did his thing well, he, a as big, usual. So a big save on the the goal that was in yeah. front of the net that turned into the Janmark shorthanded goal. He he knocked the puck out of the air. It was in a dangerous area. 4-1 Oilers win. We got Frank on the line as well. Frank, go ahead. Hey guys. Uh, like most people tonight, it was heavy hearts that uh, we were watching the game after today's events. But I agree with what uh, you guys were saying. Sport is a way of getting things back to normal. Kudos to the Oilers for uh, celebrating and remembering uh, the two that passed away. And uh, hopefully they'll continue to do that. Uh, I guess Constable Ryan would have either been watching the game tonight or roughing, and uh, maybe from the spirit world he gave the Oilers uh, ones up over the Dallas Stars. At least we want to think that way. Uh, but uh, I hope they continue to do what they started tonight, and I hope that we continue to celebrate these two men's lives through sport, which is uh, a healthy way of bringing things back to, I guess, as normal as humanly possible with the events that transpired today. Thanks for allowing me to make a comment. Frank, very well said. Thank you very much for calling. The Oilers beat Dallas 4-1. Stuart Skinner, the victory. You will hear from him coming up on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Drops it to Robertson on the right wing. Not a hint. Gets it out front. Pavelski shot in the save by Skinner. Skinner stops 25 to backstop the Edmonton Oilers to a 4-1 win over the Dallas Stars. Here he is. Uh, seems like your team kind of buckled it down pretty good in front of you tonight, but you also sort of took care of your business too. Yeah, I think uh, I think the guys did a great job in front of me. I mean, uh, being able to score four on Dallas is you know a huge feat, and obviously Ottinger is you know an unbelievable goalie, and uh, just Dallas in general is so good defensively. So um, you know, I think uh, I think just it was a really good team win. There weren't, there weren't a lot of second chances they got in the game tonight. They got there was a couple of but not many. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the guys did a great job in front of me. Um, you know, just a huge credit to the guys being able to box guys out, you know, not giving those second chances, um, you know, being able to get in front of lanes, uh, get sticks, and, I mean, they they could have had a lot, but we, we were able to just play a good defensive game, um, you know, especially in the second period. They had a couple three-on-twos where we, you know, ended the play um, where they could add a backdoor tap, and so... Uh, you know, huge credit to those guys. You had a stretch in the first, about 12 and a half minutes, you didn't face a shot. 
What do you do as a goalie to stay in it at that point? Yeah, um, you just try to stay mentally engaged, uh, you know, watching the play, you know, skating around, you know, try to stay loose and uh, just ready to ready to make the first save. Um, sometimes it's tougher uh, some nights than others, but um, I think I think that's, you know, as a goalie, you, you go through that quite a bit. So, um, you know, I've I've been lucky to have a lot of experiences with that. So I uh, know what works for me. Are you into a role now where you figure you're going to be playing pretty much every night? I have no idea. Um, my job is just to stop the puck, and whenever they tell me to do that, I'll, uh, I'm going to do my best to do that. It is five consecutive starts. The goalies always like to play. Do you feel the rhythm? Does it make a difference for you now? Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone loves to get as many starts as they can, obviously. Um, being able to get into a rhythm, I think, is, is massive. Just kind of, you know, feeling the flow of the game. You know, you're always kind of ready every single game you go into. You have a good routine, and, um, you know, you just start kind of, yeah, just like what you said, you, you get into a rhythm, and um, that's a good spot to be at. Are there diminishing returns on that front, or is there is, is too much too much, or is that not a thing? Um, depends who you are. Um, right now, for me, I'm. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, um, I love it. I mean, I can. I like. I'd like to think that I could play every single game. Um, uh, you know, sometimes back to backs are obviously tough for uh, for goalies to play. So, um, but I mean, I. Whenever anyone tells me to go in the net, I'll be happy to nod my head yes. Matias Ekholm, are you more impressed with his defensive game or with his beard game? <laughs> uh, definitely his defensive game, um, but his beard is outstanding. Um, we were actually talking about that today, and I was saying that if I was a player, I'd probably try to grow a beard like that um, instead of the muzzy. But yeah, I, I love that look, and I wish I wish I, w I, I was able to do that, but uh, I'll never do that. Too itchy under the mask. Sorry? Too itchy. Yeah, just the mask, I, I think. I got a chin guard, right? So I'd be a little bit uncomfortable with a huge beard coming out. So. He was actually quite complimentary of your mustache today, though we were asking him about it, and he, he had some pretty nice things to say about the upkeep and the quality of it. Well, I really appreciate that. He's uh, he's an awesome guy. He's so much fun to, to have around, and, um, you know, it seems like he's, it's been such an easy transition. He comes in, and he's just, you know, feels like a brother. So um, that's very nice of him to say, and I have the whatever he said about my mustache, I've given it right back to him for his beard. Well, that's a hairy interview. Oilers beat Dallas 4-1. Get more on the game, more on the team, 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is Saturday, 12.30 face-off show, game at 2, Oilers at Seattle. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 630 Chet, and to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Yanmark scores two. Oilers beat Dallas 4-1.